Sunday School Lesson 6, Moses and the Burning Bush. We are covering Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through chapter 4, verse 31. The key point in this section, as God had Moses remove the sandals from his feet, God in Christ removes our sins from us, making us fit to approach God and stand in his presence. Law and Gospel focus. Because of sin, I cannot approach the Lord. Christ removes my sin so that I am declared blameless before God. So Moses was walking around one day when he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. Now at this point in Moses' life, he felt his duty is more towards his own people, the Hebrews, and not the Egyptians who raised him. And he wanted to be that deliverer for his people, so he struck the Egyptian and killed him. And he buried him in the sand so that no one would know what he did. Well, the next day he sees two Hebrews fighting. And still wanting to be that deliverer of his people, he asks the one in wrong, Why are you fighting your fellow Hebrew? Well, this guy rejected Moses as his supposed leader, and he says, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? When Moses heard this, he was, he was afraid because he realized, Oh man, other people must know about what I did to that Egyptian. So he fled with his tail between his legs to the land of Midian. And in fact, Pharaoh did hear about it. And Pharaoh sought to kill Moses because Moses was acting in Pharaoh's authority. In reality, he was undermining Pharaoh's power. And he couldn't have that, even if it was someone who was raised in his own household. He did not want Moses doing that. Now the people of Midian were a nomadic tribe in the northern part of the wilderness of Sinai. These were descendants of Abraham through his wife Keturah, whom he married followed the death of Sarah. Also, this was the people who were part of the caravan that took Joseph as a slave to Egypt. Now, we come across a priest of Midian. We are not told much about him outside the fact that he had seven daughters. But this kind of brings to mind Melchizedek, the king priest of Salem in the way that we don't know much about him, but the Bible describes him as a priest. Now, these seven daughters were shepherds. This was another unique detail, as it wasn't the common trade for the women. But they went to water the flock, but male shepherds came and uh, drove them away and because they wanted to water their own sheep first. Moses, the deliverer, chases the shepherds away and waters the flock for the shepherdesses. As they went home to their father, the priest, we learn of one of his names, Ruel. Later, we are told his name is also Jethro, and that is the more common name that we refer to him as. And he notes how they returned earlier than usual. And it appears that what the shepherds did, the male shepherds did, was kind of a common thing that they would often chase them away and they would be delayed in bringing the flock home. So they explained to him how Moses was there. They called him the Egyptian and he rescued them. Now, of course, he's thankful for what Moses did, but he get up, gets upset at his daughters because they failed to show hospitality and bring Moses home with them. Hospitality was the utmost importance to people that day. To not at least let someone wash your feet and have some food was was to show disgrace towards that person. You weren't you weren't being very welcoming, as was, you know, expected of the people in that day. 
So they bring Moses and uh, Jethro gives Moses his daughter Zipporah as his wife and she bears a son and named him Gershom. It literally means as a stranger there. And it really fits because Moses, who was a Hebrew, was raised an Egyptian. And he married a Midianite. So in all places, Moses has been a stranger. Now in the last few verses of chapter 2, the people of Israel groaned for rescue from their slavery. And the Bible tells us God hears and God knew. Now these are significant words because it is not that God forgot about the people or that he did not know about the people's suffering. When these words are used of God, it means God is about to act in a way of deliverance. And how often do we forget promises we make, whereas God never forgets. It's just that God acts in his own time. So going into chapter 3, Moses was tending his father-in-law's sheep when he came to Mount Horeb, which is called the mountain of God. Now this is probably where God would, well this is where God would appear to the whole nation of Israel when he gave the Ten Commandments. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And this was the pre-incarnate Son of God, Jesus, who was in the midst of the bush. The purpose of the fire? Well, obviously Moses could not look upon the full glory of God, but uh, so he manifests himself in this fire. And this is also the means through the, which the Lord comes to all his people. Every prophet, he came through the word. And he comes to us through the word. And so it was that calling out to Moses, that word calling out to Moses, uh, is how the Lord came to him. Now Moses noticed that the bush was burning, but it did not burn up. Not even one branch was withered. So he turned aside to investigate it. But the Lord called out to him before he came too close. And the Lord told him to remove his sandals because he was standing on holy ground. Now, in the culture of the Near East, where they were, feet are associated with uncleanliness. And if you think about it, it makes sense, because they wore sandals, so their feet and sandals would get dusty and dirty. Now, about the holy ground, Moses must prepare himself to enter the presence of God. So also, we are unable to enter into the presence of the holy God by our unworthiness, we are worse than dirty sandals. We must be purified by the blood of Christ in order to enter God's presence. So God identifies himself, the God of your father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This patriarchal lineage that he identifies was very important to their culture, and it reinforced to Moses that he was standing in the presence of the holy God. And this is why Moses turns his face. He's worried that he will be consumed by God's holiness. And Moses has a threefold response. He's curious over the bush that was on fire, but not consumed. He showed honor as he removed his sandals when God commanded it to. And he showed fear in hiding his face in the presence of God's holiness. The Lord says that he has chosen Moses to go to Pharaoh and to lead God's people out of slavery to the land flowing with milk and honey. And we see Moses with a fourfold denial. He starts off with, who am I? He saw himself as a nobody, an outcast, a sojourner. You know, he probably remembered when, how the Hebrews rejected him after he separated the two who were fighting. But God's answer to his 
first denial? God says, I have chosen you. I will be with you and bring you back to this mountain. His next denial is, well, who is sending me? They won't accept me unless they know God's name. And God's answer is, I am who I am. The unchanging God who has not forgotten his promises to their fathers. He is not merely God of the past, but the unchanging, ever-living God. God of life and God of the living. And even Jesus makes mention of this in Luke 20, verse 37. His next denial is that they won't believe him. Immediately contradicting what God says in verse 18, they will listen to your voice. God's answer, well, he gave him three signs to perform. Throw a snake down, it becomes a snake. Pick the, staff, the snake up by its tail, and it will turn back into a staff. That act alone of picking up the snake by its tail was not something that was done in those days. It, it was a foolish thing to do. So even, even the fact that he picked the snake back up by its tail is something miraculous by God. His hand, if he pulls it within his cloak it become, and takes it out, it becomes leprous. He puts it back in and takes it out again and it goes back to normal. Now if, he does not, if the people do not believe in these two signs, and that's how the Lord describes it, if they do not believe these two, which foreshadows their future unbelief, and also reminds us that miracles do not always produce faith. Well, then he says to strike the, the water of the Nile, and it would become blood. And strike it again, and it will turn back to water. And this foreshadows the first plague. And his last, most probably most obstinate excuse is, I am not eloquent. Now, it could be that Moses had a speech impediment, but he is using this as an excuse to uh, go around what God wants him to do. And... The Lord is annoyed by Moses at this point. And he he is frustrated with him, but he says, okay, fine. Moses, your brother Aaron will come and uh, he will be your helper. He will be your spokespiece. So despite this, this constant uh, refusal and trying to turn away from God's direction by Moses, we see God's patience and his grace and how the Lord's plan is going to be the plan that, you know, ends up going forward. Moses was going to be God's mouthpiece. It would flow through Aaron, but the power would come through Moses. And the Lord basically tells Moses everything that will happen. From Moses performing miracles to God hardening Pharaoh's heart to the last plague of the killing of the firstborn. He lays all this out for Moses. So Moses should not be surprised by anything that will be coming up. And so next we see Aaron and Moses meet up. They approach the people, display the signs, and the people believed in him and or believe the signs, and the people worshipped the Lord. So we see the scene being set for the exodus of God's people to the Holy Land. And main things that we, we see in this lesson, the Lord displays his everlasting patience with Moses. No matter how much Moses tested the Lord in his refusal, the Lord reassured Moses and confirmed him as a spokesperson. And a lot of times, no matter how unworthy we may seem, 
God can still use us in our abilities, our gifts and abilities, for the purpose of his uh, kingdom. He has given each of us gifts for the glory of his kingdom. We may not all be pastors or teachers, but we are all part of that one body, the body of Christ, that church. And we all have a role to play. The Lord also shows how sinful humans are not able to enter into the presence of God because of their sin. The Lord had Moses remove his sandals to stand on holy ground, a symbol of Jesus removing our sins from us through his death and resurrection, allowing us to approach God and stand in his presence. And because of Christ, we are declared blameless before God. And that's why, like Moses was able to talk directly with God, so also we are able to talk directly with God through our prayer. Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lesson.